Welcome to TechTastic, the podcast that explores the cutting-edge world of technology and its impact on society. New breakthroughs and developments are revolutionizing the world around us, presenting exciting opportunities as well as complex challenges. We'll explore the big ideas and key players driving these transformations as we seek to understand the implications of these advancements for our lives, our communities, and our planet. Join us on this journey of discovery and exploration as we navigate the fascinating and ever-evolving world of technology. This is TechTastic. Nikki Ballou, welcome to It's TechTastic. It's lovely to have you here. Great to be here, brother. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. Uh, Nikki has a podcast called Thought Leader Revolution. Amazing show. Lots of good advice for founders. Um, yeah, the Thought Leader Revolution was a show that was created specifically to help uh, founders, entrepreneurs, you know, any anybody with a big dream that they want to create through entrepreneurship, be able to learn from some of the best minds in the world, right? People who had created incredible uh, thinking when it came to various aspects of business, thought leaders. Some of the folks we've had on the show are uh, the founder of the iconic company 1-800-GOT-JUNK, Brian Scudamore. Uh-huh. His COO, Cameron Harold, was on the show. The two men who created the Chicken Soup for the Soul uh, books, uh, Mark Victor Hansen and uh, Jack Canfield, plus Dr. John Maxwell, who you may know as uh, one of the world's leading leadership authors, if not the world's lead- leading leadership Indeed. author. So those are the caliber of people we bring on. And our objective is to really have a fireside chat with them, pick their brains about how they created their success and to have them give their best advice to you as a listener so that you can apply that inside of your business. You know, it's a it's it's a very much a show that's designed to make you get into action, but there's also a ton of inspiration that goes in there because some of these people have spectacular personal stories. And then uh, a, a few years into it, we started to do something, a second episode every week called the Thought Leader Nugget. And it, it's like a nugget of gold, it's a short <laughs> episode. And basically it's one of the principles that I've either learned or developed about how to expand your thought leadership, how to create uh, new ways of doing things, how to basically do the things that work in generating business, in generating uh, additional self-confidence for you as a founder to take on your vision in a bigger way. So that's kind of what that shows all. Well, that's a fantastic topic. And you also do uh, E-Circle Academy. And I noticed that there are quite a few other coaching entrepreneurs, it seems like you're very involved in this industry industry of entrepreneurship, again, building out the community. So I'm actually originally a um, an immigrant to uh, the West from the Middle East, right? I'm a Christian from Iran. When I was 11 years old, the Islamic Revolution took place in Iran. My late father, he was an entrepreneur. He also was a forward thinker and he could see the writing on the wall that this was no longer going to be a great place to raise a Christian family. So he made a plan and he got us out of Iran and eventually we settled where I now live, which is in Toronto, Canada. At the time, as you can imagine, brother, I did not want to leave my home. I was a kid, right? These are my friends. It's my home. I didn't want to go. Yeah. But looking back, man, what an incredible thing my father did for us. He took the legacy of our family from tyranny to freedom. Just think about that. Tyranny to freedom. Being an entrepreneur, 
involves participating in the free enterprise system. You dig me, man? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's like, and free enterprise is only possible in a society that values free expression. And free expression is only possible in a society that values and takes a powerful, bold stand for freedom. So for me, I'm a philosopher of freedom <laughs> that believes in it so strongly that I take bold stands in business and frankly in life, risky stands to get people to see that there are those of us that care about freedom and want this to happen because that's the only thing that allows entrepreneurs to be able to go after those magical dreams that they have. As a result of this, the business I eventually got into was the business of serving entrepreneurs. Like my dad was an entrepreneur, the greatest man I've ever known. If you knew him growing up, brother, and you were looking for work, my dad wouldn't just try to help you. He would sit you in his office and work the phones till he landed you a job. Wow. That's the kind of man he was. If he knew you and you were starting a business, he would like mentor you, bring you in, talk to you, get you going, uh, introduce you to people you could do business with, get deals with even bring in money people to help fund you if he knew you, right? And if he knew you, and let's say you were trying to buy a car or a house, right? And you didn't have quite enough and the bank wasn't ready to give you everything you needed. Dad would give you a loan, which he never expected you to pay back. He'd top you up. This was who I grew up around. I wanted to be like him. Yeah, of course. Everybody yeah. loved my father. People today, he's been dead since 2020. People call me, come to me, and they go, wait a minute, your last name's Baloo, it's an unusual name. I go, yeah, yeah. Are you the son of Napoleon Baloo? Do you know him? I go, yeah, I'm a son. And dude, their vibe changes, right? They stick out their hand and they go, man, it's an honor to know you. I go, wait a minute, an honor to know me? Who the fuck am I, right? Excuse my language. <laughs> well, what? We just met here, what? They go, no, 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 I knew your dad. His blood flows through your veins. I grew up thinking this is an entrepreneur. An entrepreneur is a, is a human being that cares about other people. My dad will always say this, son, I know we're in business here, but business isn't about money. And I go, it's not dad. I thought that's what it was about. He goes, no, 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 son, business is about people. Always. In business, you solve problems for people and then you earn the right to make a profit. The three things you've got to agree to do, right, is you have got to say, hey, my business is all about, I'm a heart-driven, authentic human being. I genuinely care for people, my clients, and then you gotta be smart and have systems that work today to help you get results, right? And we were talking about thought leadership and how thought leadership helps people. And you've got to have thought leadership because thought leadership is what allows you to stand out from, from the crowd. How do you do thought leadership properly in this day and age? A lot of people think it's like being a professor at a university or something. No, 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 no. And then other people think, oh, it's like it's like being an influencer. You're gonna go on, on, on Instagram and instead of showing your abs, yeah. you know, you're, you're gonna show, you're gonna give pithy little uh, statements like always go the extra <laughs> mile and make that next call. And I'm like, dude, that ain't, that ain't freaking thought leadership, man. I'm sorry. Not, not that those are bad things to say, but that is not thought leadership. You sound like an idiot if you think that's thought leadership, okay? Thought leadership's a little deeper. It's a little more nuanced than that. And then they go, okay, so what is it, man? Thought leadership is simple, bro. Thought leadership is when you are so known for what you do for people and how you solve problems for people in a particular area, in a particular group, that in that space, you're the go-to fella.
they go to you like let's say christian let's say you were a relationship coach for men whose wives had left them in the last six months and they had little kids let's say that was your deal right and you had done videos you had thought about this you'd written books you brought you would you would help 500 a thousand men deal with this powerfully right then there was joe blow relationship expert nikki <laughs> and then someone was like okay I'm, my marriage is like my wife just left me who do i call do i call joe blow relationship expert nikki or do i call christian the, the man who works with men whose wives just left them and have little kids and like he's the go-to thought leader well the answer is obvious right the answer is obvious and if you're a ceo of a company how does this apply to you <laughs> bless you in this day and age people don't just want to have uh, a transactional series of relationships with you and your company mm. and you and your what they're looking for is an authentic heart-to-heart, human-to-human connection with the folks they do business with. They're not looking for a slick marketing message. They're looking for somebody who's real. And the CEOs are in the best position as founders to build that authentic relationship with people in the world because you're the founder. You're the founder. You need to tell your story. How did you go from Joe and Jill average to the founder of a multi-million dollar, billion dollar company. What was your vision? What made this real for you? Why were you just about the money or was there something else that drove you? Through this journey called life, what have you learned? What adversities have you gone through and what have you learned? And how has this helped you solve problems for people so you earn the right to make a profit? Now I'm asking some deep questions here. Yes, you are. These are the questions that if a founder answers these properly, Christian, they can become seen as a go-to thought leader. Let me give you an example of a go-to thought leader. Yeah. In 1998, there were, a, there were many American computer companies, but I'm going to bring up two for you. Apple computer, which is what it was called back then and Dell computer. Now in 1998, Apple computer was a $5.9 billion a year company. Dell computer was a $12.7 billion a year company. Now Dell was led by a founder and Apple was led by a founder at that time. I don't need to ask you who the founder of Apple is because I know you know who that is. Of course, who doesn't? Now you, because you're in the tech world, may know the founder of Dell, but I guarantee you that at least half, if not more of your audience will not know who that is. Would you agree with that statement? I'd say that most people don't know who Michael Dell is. You're right. Most people don't know who he is. One of those two men, Steve Jobs, deliberately made a decision to be seen as a thought leader who was moving the world forward with his innovative thinking and Apple was his vehicle for doing that. And the other one thought, I'm just going to let the brand do the speaking for me. Now, 25 years later, Steve Jobs has been dead for almost 12 years. Dell and Apple are thriving companies. We would both agree they're thriving companies, right? Sure. Absolutely. Now, Dell is a $102 billion a year firm. Apple is a $406 billion a year firm. Dell was over twice the size of Apple. Now Apple is over four times the size of Dell. That is the difference between a thought leader led movement business and just an regular business.
Nikki, this has been amazing. I've had chills down my spine almost the entire time you've been talking. You're, you're touching on so many things that, but I too also come from a long line of entrepreneurs. My grandmother was an entrepreneur. My great grandfather was an entrepreneur. And they were all always focused on the human aspect of it. And they always said that like being an entrepreneur was being willing to take a bet on yourself, even if nobody else would. And why would you not take the chance on yourself if you believe in what you're doing, if you believe in you're passionate about solving the problem you're trying to solve? To your point, it's not about the money. You're solving a problem for people and that's going to give you the right to make the money off of it at some point right and this is something that we talk about as entrepreneurs with each other all the time every time you interact with another entrepreneur the first thing out of your you're going to ask is what problem are you solving and who you're solving it for we talk about that almost as transactional right we talk about the well great now what's the market opportunity there what does that look like how much revenue can you extract from them etc it gets immediately to that and you stop focusing on the people that you're solving a problem for and the, the pain. My original podcast was called Success You back in like 2008. And it was all entrepreneurs. We did some really amazing people that had done some great things. This is reminding me of those conversations. I just feel so energized. So again, thank you. This is as a entrepreneur myself, as a, a CEO of a, a company right now, the first question I've always asked before I ever even start anything, I, I don't go in saying, I'm going to go start a company. I usually see a, a painful area and a bunch of people that are impacted by it. You look in, you're surrounded by it in, in your current job. You look around and go, God, there's, this is just so painful. This is such a hassle for all these different people. I think I can fix this. I can make this better. I, I think I have an idea for it. And that's usually where that next venture comes from. For people, at least like me, the other entrepreneurs I've interacted with that have my similar background where we kind of drop into big companies as an executive and then bounce out and create something. It's usually that. We can't stomach to see so many people, like their days are ruined. You only have one life to live and you spend a lot of it at work. And when you're sitting there surrounded by people that are feeling that, and all you wanna do is just fix that. I don't want that pain to exist. I want all these people to be freed of it. It's frustrating to work at a large organization when you can't do that, when you're not empowered to do it. So the companies that are big with big bureaucratic organizations that are successful are the ones that empower people to solve their own problems or to solve the problems for those around them. And those that see the brain drain, like leave the company are those that lack that. And it might be the founder mentality. It might be their own purpose mission for the company that's missing too, because you can see the cultural alignment of a any company and, and the, the passion that people bring. I don't think that there's the ego with everybody, but I think that we try to put ourselves at the center of that web by trying to solve the problem. And we pull people together the most successful entrepreneurs I know are people connectors. It's not what can that person do for me? It's wow, that person is amazing at this. They really need to talk to these people. They need to meet these people. So I'm going to change direction just a little bit here. Uh, Nikki, I know that you've written a few books and you've got a new one coming out. And as we were talking about influence and you know giving to people, uh, books are a very interesting topic. So a lot of people go, man, a book would be great for me to write a book like a lot of founders and CEOs. And the, 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 the answer to that is, well, maybe. There are 1.5 million books published a year in North America right now. 40% of those are self-published. The overwhelming majority don't get any attention and don't make any money for anybody. So a book can be a waste of time. And there's a wonderful groundbreaking new technology called artificial intelligence. And with artificial intelligence, Nikki Ballou can write a book first draft in three hours. 
there's a, a thing called Amazon and they don't like it when you plagiarize. And if you use AI to write a book, that's considered plagiarizing and they'll ban your book and ban you from ever going on their platforms, which means you will be shut out of the book markets effectively if you do that that way. So if you want to write a book and not have it be and use AI to do the heavy lifting, you're going to need to learn how to do that and then how to be able to personalize and humanize that book. So it has a bit of you in there and also to be able to have it be valuable enough. So if you're a founder of a company, that book will tell your story and also get the people that you want to help to be interested enough. So that book will make you money. My books have made me seven plus figures, not from individual unit book sales, but from the right people having my book and their message in their hands. Now with AI, thought leadership through a book, if we get the message down right and we get the first draft done and we show you how to personalize it and show you how to make sure that it, you know, it doesn't run afoul of Amazon. Brother, for a CEO right now, for a founder, Getting that message and then getting the book out could be a freaking game changer. You also understand that, right? Most people absolutely don't get this. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely not. And most people, uh, it was the same thing that happened with the dot-com thing, you know, in the early 90s. There were companies that were massive players at the time in information, uh, like Dex with the Yellow Pages, that just failed to recognize that this new thing, this new technology had come about. It was going to fundamentally change the way that people accessed information and their business business model was no longer valid. I think the same thing's happening with AI right now, where there are a lot of business models that are service oriented, that are information oriented, whatever, that are fundamentally altered by the introduction of these LLMs. And then the, you know, the chat GPT like interfaces. So one of them is books, like the, especially the, um, the uh, you, you want to learn how to program books or you want to understand uh, business or you want to, whatever, it doesn't matter. It's the, the information sharing book world and the traditional author. And there are, there are ways that you can take your existing writing and train a model fairly rapidly. There's a couple commercial offerings that you can do this on and just give it a subject at that point and it'll write in your style. And it is not, plagiarism because it's not stealing from other people's content it's using your voice and writing the information that you tell it to you give it an outline you give it a bit of information you feed it your previous works whether it's blog posts or whatever and it generates content from that that's one way of doing it very rapidly uh, another and this is the for me as a, a creative like i paint and i do a little bit of writing and stuff like that is a way of like keeping my mind um plastic the Blank page is terrifying. The the looking at something and just not knowing how to start, it eliminates that problem for you because now you can generate something and say, I want to talk about this topic, give me an outline, right? You can get that beginning. But it's gonna it's a tool that can fill the needs you have. I have the fear of the blank page. I need something to get me started. Somebody else might have the very broadest concept of what they want, but they need the filler. They need to fill it in, right? So, and it sounds like you've been using it in a very specific way. How, first of all, which of the tools are you using and then how have you been leveraging it? Well, I've been using chat GPT and I, I, um, I've been introduced to some other tools. Um, I was introduced to Claude.ai. Yeah. Unfortunately, 
Canada, it's not available. So I don't know why. As soon as it found out I have a Canadian IP address, it bounced me. So uh, you need a VPN, okay? <laughs> yeah. So I need a VPN. Yeah, I need a, I need a VPN. So that's maybe something to talk about. What what's a good VPN for me to get? Been going into chat and I've been putting in. Uh, I've, I've been saying, look, I want to write a book to help blah 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 do blah blah blah, and then chat will spit out an outline for me, and I'll go, okay. Yeah, get rid of this, keep that, right? And then, okay, let's expand on this. And so once all that's done and it's ready, then the next part for me has been to go, okay, I'm going to now need to go write a case study of a human being that I know, that I worked with. Nikki, we're out of time. Is there anything you want to say to the audience before we leave? If you're listening to this show, I want to just make this offer to you. Get on my calendar and let's talk because I'm passionate about helping folks like you get this sorted out and figured out. That's my business. <laughs> That's how I make my living, right? Go to eCircleAcademy.com forward slash appointment or just go to the website eCircleAcademy.com. There's a button that says book a success call. And that's a wrap for this episode of TechTastic. I want to thank you personally for joining us and we'll see you next time. Until then, keep exploring and stay curious.